0: You mentioned relationships, and you yeah. said you know, it's put straight on my relationship yeah. and it's hurt, hurt lots of things. I put a post on TikTok recently. I think the title was "If you get married, you're fucking mad." And it, oh god, here <laughs> we go. Well, I love it <laughs> No, but 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 it was obviously just a catchy title to talk talk about the fact that I either say have the right partner or have no partner. Right. If you've just had a Barney with the missus you yeah. know, an hour before the fight, or you've you've got serious problems in your relationship, yeah. you know, for weeks leading up to the fight, I and mean, how the fuck do you get that out of your head?
1: Well, I've always said happy right? a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. My coach always told me that. And when you're happy, you're dangerous.
0: Guys, Matt Haycox here, and welcome to another episode of the Matt Haycox Show. Where today I have a very special but repeat guest. I think I actually think it's the it's the only the second time I've ever repeated a guest. But I've got with me now PFL million dollar winning world champion Brendan Lochnein. I couldn't say that last time you we were here, could I? It was wow. about to be a million, million-dollar winner. But no, guys, if you have not listened or watched any of this before, um, I'll tell you a quick bit about Brendan in a minute. But most of you will have seen this, or you'll know Brendan from his socials, where we were talking back in April, I think it was back in April, and Brendan was just about to go into fight camp in Thailand for a month or so. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Was Is that the first fight, or was it last year we spoke? No, no, well, it was it was last year. Yeah? Last season. No, it's this season, was it this but last season? year, yeah. Right, okay, it was, yeah, it was no. like, like April 2022, okay, okay. where he'd just, uh, yeah, he just finished training in Dubai. He was yeah. about to go and do a month or so fight camp yeah. in Dubai, so in Thailand, oh. and then go and start the first of four fights on the journey to uh, to being a million dollar champ. Yeah. And we talked a lot about, uh, I guess, about discipline and the effort and the work that, uh, you know, that, that, that Brendan's put in as a fighter, I mean, not just for this fight, but, you know, over, over his whole career. Uh, and when he won, which uh, yeah, I guess was, was, I say it was no, no surprise for any of us. I mean, like, it's no surprise knowing you, but anything can go wrong in those exactly. fights, can't it? And, and, and it was obviously still, still a touch and go battle along the way. Uh, I thought we've got to sit down and, uh, and, uh, and talk about what the last four months have been like.
1: Well, yeah, so first of all, back. it's great to be back. It's great to be back on the show. You're smiling like a millionaire this time.
0: I can't take the smile off my face. How?
1: You know what I mean? It's just like, last time we was here, we talk about shoulda, woulda, coulda, what if, and now I'm sat here with the job done. Um, It's a double-edged sword, really, because it's like, yeah, it's great, but
0: now what's the next goal? You know what I mean? That's what I've been dealing with in the last couple of days, so. I mean, we'll go back, I guess we'll go back in a minute and talk about, um, I guess, what happened over the last four months. But, I mean, question for me, when you won that mill, and when you won that fight, because obviously it's something you've been working towards your whole life. I mean, was there any anti-climax in any way? And, and I'll, I'll set the scene with that because I always talk about it from a business perspective yeah. where, you know, people are always, uh, let's say striving for, for material things. It's like, you know, I want the Ferrari, I want this, I want the other. And I know myself from having had these things yeah. that as soon as you get them, you actually don't give a fuck yeah, it's bad. Be- because because if all you're really interested in is the ferrari then you'll never be happy or interested in anything and it's it's actually you know the journey of making the money yeah. and now i've got i've had so many cars where i try and get them i get them i drive them twice and they sit in the drive and i can't wait to get rid of the fucking things now obviously you know you, know, you want your million but was it all it's cracked up to be well uh,
1: i've been asked this question a lot now it's like what was worth more the belt or, or the doll and i mean First of all, I did the post-fight press conference and they asked it when it was just fresh. And my initial response was, it wasn't either of them, it was the performance. Like as a martial artist, because that's what I am, to the core, it was like the money didn't matter. The belt didn't matter at that moment. What actually mattered was I managed to negate one of the best wrestlers in America and and show the world how great my skills are rather than the reward that came with the belt. Obviously down the line now, I was talking just before, I'm about to go and close on my dream property. And the stuff that's come with the the money has obviously been extra special. So it's balancing out now. First of all, it was a performance. Then it was putting my legacy in Manchester as the only guy to ever do it. And now it's spending the money and investing it wisely. And I wouldn't say moving on to the next phase of my life because I'm not done with fighting, but certainly looking at
0: the other side of it now. Uh, so i guess yeah in a in a different world you're saying the same same as what i'm saying you know, obviously the money was important because you know you want it for your stability for your family for you mm. you know for your future and stuff but you know that's just that's setting you up you know whether it's fighting to yeah. go back to or whether it's something else you're ready for, you're ready for the next challenge
1: yeah no listen i've got a mind coach um i want to shout out bruce here because we worked for the last two fights um and they were the two best performances of my career and he really helped me with my mindset and think it's, what, was six weeks post-fight now. And I have been dealing with a bit of, like, it, it, it's been an anti-climax now. It, it went from the highest highs to what next? So we actually had a discussion a couple of days ago, and uh, he was like, I've been waiting for this call, he said. I knew he was going to call me about this, because I'm like, well, didn't fill the gap. You know what I mean? So he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sit down, we're going to write 10 more things down, and we're going to start attacking them, because... It is the pursuit, mate. And this is me saying it after just winning it. So imagine like, I remember when Tyson Fury won all the belts and won everything there was to win and then went into a three-year depression. And when I couldn't get him off the couch and he was drinking every day, I thought, what is he doing? Do you know what I mean? like, He's just got everything he wanted, but I felt a, a, a bit of what he actually felt like. You get there, they pass you this big piece of gold. They pass you this check. And you just thought, oh, I might only look the other way, and go, "What now?" So that—that's kind of what I'm on now. I'm ready to go again now, whatever it
0: may be. Well, look, before we talk about what you're going to do next, then let's let's rewind yeah. back to April, yeah. May. So yeah. you just seen me. I think uh, we filmed that podcast. You—you yeah. uh, you missed a roast because you—you you weren't allowed to eat, oh. and you were—you were getting grumpy, bringing around the smell of Yorkshire puddings, oh. uh, <laughs> um, and then you went off to Thailand. So I guess. <sighs> Yeah, we don't need blow-by-blow blow over the yeah. five or six months, yeah. but just talk talk me through some of the things that really stick in your yeah. mind about, about you know getting ready for training, problems that happen along the way, because you had a couple of injuries as well, didn't you? you know,
1: so, yeah, let's rewind back to that podcast. I actually did this tournament last year, for the people that don't know, and I come up short in the semi-final. Um, I broke my hand in the second fight of the season and then had to fight with the broken hand in the third fight, which is insane. And then I lost to this uh, undefeated Russian guy, um, no shame in that, he a great fighter. And then I had to lick my wounds, go back to the drawing board and start again. And that's when we did the podcast. And now, fast forward another year, it was terrifying me thinking, oh, I have to do that again. It's four fights, it's seven months. It's, it's, a, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. And first fight of the season, I thought this Japanese guy is relatively unknown, but very dangerous and had a great training camp. And then 12 days out. Last training session before I left, I, uh, I told my MCL, um, Freak accident in the gym. It was a grade two tear and realistically, I shouldn't have fought, but it was like BFL saying if you miss this fight, you're out the whole tournament. And you know, i have about to wait till next year again. Do you tell people
0: about these injuries or do you have to keep it yourself at the time? <gasps>
1: super secret like this had to be kept well under wraps
0: i actually remember you know uh, you, you were you were back in town for about two or three days and me and you went oh, uh, yeah. on uh, yeah, we, we were cycling yeah. next to each other on the bicycles and someone was taking a video of us and you you had your, all your leg taped up and you're like oh we can't post a video because i don't want anyone to know i've got a bad uh, bad leg yeah literally because well, because the other fighter would just take advantage of it
1: you just kick it and then what would i do you know what i mean so what we actually did was this is the first time i've told this story as well people don't really know this and then I, uh, I came back to Dubai to get the proper treatment because in Thailand the physio was was no good and I got Danielli and the boys here. So I came back and then they was helping me out with it. Um, and then I flew to the States um, and then there was a really good doctor over there, Camille. She treated me every day for 10 days, but really there's nothing you can do. Time's the only thing that can heal an MCL. Um, she actually came to the fight and taped it all up for me. It was like it was like cement. She taped it that hard. Basically, my knee was just stuck. I couldn't bend. And it was just stuck like this. So I got it at this angle, like that. And then just got cemented like that. So if you see the fight, I was just hobbling along in the fight, really. And oh, really? Yeah, it was that bad. And then, yeah, managed to get the win in that one. And then, yeah, it was, uh, it was one of them seasons, mate, where if it could go wrong, it went wrong, up until it didn't.
0: So your first fight was in America? Yeah. Your second fight America. was also in America, And I came to the third one in yeah. England.
1: Tell me about your experience, mate. of your first MMA fight where you know someone?
0: So I've so never. Have I ever been to an MMA fight before? You had your own show. Oh fuck! Of course. <laughs> 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 <Fucking hell. laughs> yeah, I did. As <laughs> a story for another day. And I, I think I've, I've probably been to a couple of UFC type fights in Vegas, but I've never. <laughs> I mean, obviously they're kind of interesting to watch for me, but never can you get like emotionally attached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, that's just me about sports in general. Like, you know, I guess you see you normal football fans and everyone going crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just doesn't really interest me. But I was obviously super excited. I, it, was, it was in England. Yeah you were fighting. It was, I and mean, then not only was it you, I feel like I've been so long on the journey with you. Exactly. We'd, we'd lived together for a yeah, few months, yeah. you know, and I, I knew how much the money meant, obviously, you, you know, you, your family, your exactly. missus everything like that. So I was very, very invested and I stuck 10 grand on the fight. Lovely. So, <laughs> so, lovely. So, and I was three
1: to one, winner. What did you, you get
0: it at? Just shy of that I thing. I got like two, two and a half, two cents Really? Two, two what a night. <laughs> so um, I was super excited, yeah. super, super invested. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I, I can't, I can't explain how how excited I was. But I think, but more more excited excited for you. Yeah, you know, um, obviously we talk about the money and stuff. You know, I wasn't bothered for the money. I wasn't bothered for that. I, I want, I wanted you. I was gonna be so so disappointed for you because yeah. I know how much work you put in. But I have to say, I think I said it to you at the time as well. Your other opponent, because you know, normally you, you look at other people, and like, I hate on that guy. You know, this is Brenda's my guy, but I'm thinking yeah. fucking hell, you know, if I didn't know Brendan, if I was ever gonna support anyone in the PFL that Chris Wade. Do you like looked, it Yeah. I guess I just think <laughs> I mean I feel bad saying it now. Go on, no, no, no go on. He was like such a good looking cunt as well, oh. wasn't he I mean, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> he, he, he walks out, he, he looks he looks like he's walks out of Top Gun or something. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? I mean it doesn't look like he's ever ever had ever had a hit or a slap on him. His face is in perfect perfect position. He's He's nice. He's talking to. He's chatty, and, uh, and 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 he he looks. For for quite a bit of the fight as well, he made it look quite easy. Yeah, and he he's obviously fighting another country where the entire room was against him. I mean, the entire Our room. It. And, then, and then you you and him had also had a bit of verbal yeah, verbal did. sparring before it started. So I'm thinking it's impossible to hate on the guy, but I've got to hate on him. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here for, here for Brendan. Uh, and then obviously when when you won, it was uh, obviously obviously it was amazing. And then again, you know, he, he was he was so gracious, 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 or whatever the word was about that. But no, I mean just. Unbelievable, unbelievable experience to be there. But I think, you know, it made it probably even more, or rather even less interesting to go and watch another fight that someone else is yeah. in because it just can't even can't even compare for uh, for atmosphere and environment. Well,
1: that fight in particular was probably the biggest fight of my career, Chris Wade, because he was the favourite to win the whole thing. And uh, Chris Wade's a very, 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 very dangerous fighter. And uh, when he was saying. He was talking to me in this, like, we had, we had a face off two days before it, and he's like, he has fought better guys than me. He is more experienced than me. On paper, that's why they had me as three to one underdog. He should have won. And like, can you imagine sitting down with a guy and he's saying, yeah, I've come over here. He said, I'm going to pin you down, choke you out in front of your mom and everyone. <laughs> I, I, yeah. And I'm looking at him thinking, You might fucking possibly do that, you know what I mean? <laughs> so the nerves and what I had to battle to get through that fight alone, is it was incredible and like, I was nervous, even like when I was warming up, it just didn't feel right. And like, I could hear, I could because first time I fought at home in about four years, I've always been in America and the grudge match leading up to it, the anxiety of the shit that he's saying he's gonna do to me. And then all you guys being there, don't forget I've been in America for the last four years when no one's really there, so there's no pressure. Whereas you're saying that he had the pressure, I actually had the pressure. Yeah. Cause he's the one that's coming over here with nothing to lose, sort of thing. I'm the one with six thousand screaming English going mental. <laughs> and if you lose, mate, you're the one that has to see everyone, speak to everyone. So I just remember when I was walking out there and I just looked around, it was like a football match, wasn't it? It was all oh, Manchester, crazy. yeah, like <laughs> best atmosphere I fought in. And I, I, I proper like said to myself, like, because I've not fought in England for so long. I'm going to enjoy this moment, so I don't know if you remember when I walked out, I proper looked about, walked up and down, enjoyed it for a second, I thought, just be in the moment, just be in the moment, this ain't going to last forever, so when are you going to get all your mates here and and this sort of thing again, so I just soaked the moment up, and once the fight got started, I was just, you know, I I was in the zone, he gave me a good head kick in the first round, nearly knocked me out, I think that woke me up, and then, once I started getting in my rhythm and that, and I started taking control of the fight, it was just one of the most memorable moments of my career.
0: Well, it's funny you talk about being pinned down because you've just, you've just made me remember something from the fight as well, which as a as as a, as a non-fighter or well, certainly like a, a non-wrestler, I understand that, me and my mate who'd come to come to watch were like, oh my God, the fight's over. Um, about, I remember the head kick. Yeah. And about, I don't know, 45, 50 seconds into the first round, yeah. he got you on the floor yeah. and he was on top of you. Yeah. And I, I look at that position and think, if anyone got on top of me in that position, even if they're half my weight, I'm never, ever, ever getting up. Yeah. You know, n- never never mind a professional fighter being, pinning me down in that position. And whilst I'm pinning me down, punching me in the head exactly. <laughs> and, and kicking me at the same time. And so we're, we're looking and thinking, oh my God, the fucking fight's over. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I mean, it lasted about a minute. I mean, it probably felt like 10 minutes to you, yeah. but, it, but it really was about a minute of... And I, I remember describing this to people after the fight back home. Say, what happened? I was like, oh fucking hell, there was this horrible bit in the first yeah. <laughs> in the first first minute. But I said, like, Brendan just started doing like weird shit with his legs, or you know, yeah. like like a, a centimeter here, an inch there, an inch there, and then just somehow he's got you know two foot of distance, punched him in the face to give him enough time to get back. And I mean, do, do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh,
1: clearly. Uh, <laughs> so what happened was he hit me with a head kick, but. I trained that hard for that fight that I knew like I was so well prepared. There was no injuries for that one and I was just really, really well prepared. I was tuned in, I was dialed in and we knew he was a wrestler and we knew that he just wanted to hold me on the floor. He didn't want to engage in striking. We knew he was just going to try and pin me down and look for a choke. So once he head kicked me, I actually pulled him to the ground because I was hurt when I watched the fight back. What actually happened was when he kicked me in the head, I've grabbed him and then pulled him to the floor because I must have been dazed. I don't really remember what happened because the kick must have hurt me that much. But once I pulled him to the floor, the reason I did that is I must have been hurt. And I thought if he hits me one more time, I might just go out. So instead of that, I just grabbed him to try and keep myself up and then pulled him down to kind of have a little rest and a reset. Um, And then once I kind of got my senses on the floor, like, okay, I know where I am. Right, sweet. Let's work on getting up now. And that's all we did for eight weeks get up get up get up
0: when you're pinned down I mean obviously I know you know what you're doing but but do you feel on the back foot when you're pinned down or do, does it not does it not even phase you I mean, um, I mean you must feel, you must feel the underdog sure if someone's on top of you you must feel
1: well I think that my original gym that I first ever started at when I was 16 we did a lot of positional stuff starting there and i just become a springboard and getting up and it doesn't phase me going there now. I'm really composed and I'm really good at dodging the punches from the bottom as well. Like, I know when they posture up, there's only certain angles that they can hit you from. So I'm pretty good at doing it. And I know once they posture up to hit me, I can get up. So, mate, if I went into the intricacies, would be here all day. But <laughs> as soon as he postured up to hit me, I was springboard up. And um, once I got up, I knew I could get up then. Because last year I fought that Russian and I couldn't get up. He had me pinned and he, he just felt like an absolute... Felt like this table was on top of me, so... Once I got up first time, I knew that if I go there again, I know I can keep getting up and my confidence started growing. Then once I started landing, I knew the fight was done like mid-first round, really, yeah.
0: But look, let's jump onto the final then. Yeah. So, I mean, h- how, how confident were you going into the final? Never had a doubt
1: in my mind at any point that I was going to really? lose that fight, yeah. Most confident I've ever been for any well, For fight. any fight? Ever. Like... The level of confidence I had was, it was scary, it was scaring me because, you know, it's Madison Square Garden, I'm fighting this guy in his country. And again, the bookies had it very even and he's this great wrestler. He's one of the best wrestlers in America. He's got more accolades than anyone else in MMA for wrestling. And I'm like, and then we're drilling like getting up with my wrestling coach, getting up, getting up, getting up. And my wrestling coach obviously knows this bubble because he's so famous at wrestling. And he's panicking my wrestling coach like, I slapped him and went, he's not gonna take me down once. I said, don't worry about me getting up because he's not gonna even take me down. And my confidence was just, it was shining through. And like, I remember like walking over to the arena and just thinking there wasn't even a butterfly. There wasn't anything. And I walked in, I was warming up and I started to get nervous that I wasn't nervous. So I said to my coach, why am I not getting nervous? And then it was almost just like, this is meant to be. It's my moment. And it was, it was just, it, it was a bizarre feeling. It, it, it worried me, but now, now I look back, I just feel like I was that uber confident. I'd been through that much to get there. And I said to him on two days before, you have to look him in the eye and talk. And I literally said to Bubba, I said, I'm willing to die in Earth tomorrow night. You know what I mean? I said, like, it's either get this mill or take me out on a body bag. And I know you're not willing to go there. He's like, I am. But I looked in his eye and he just wasn't. So I thought, right, well, we'll see, won't we? I said, I'm going to take you to the later rounds and I'm going to drown you in deep waters, because you don't want it like I want it, and it's exactly what happened.
0: I I presume you guys saw each other when the fight had finished. Yeah, great guy as well, but I
1: wish it was someone else, because I actually really like him, you know. And there was a moment uh, at the end of the fight where we're both, you get looked at by the doctor straight after, and he was in a really, really bad way. Like, they're asking him what day it was, he didn't know. And then he's got three kids, and all these three kids come walking in. And I've like got up, you know, to embrace his kids, and they're just like, "Oh, get away from me," sort of thing. And uh, they're almost scared of me of what I've just done to the dad. Do you know what I mean? And how old are the kids? Very young, three of them. And that was that was an I didn't enjoy that at all. And but he said something. He said something really important. I actually want to tell everyone. I met up with him three weeks later after the fight, and we were talking about that moment. You know, because he he was sweet now, and we were talking, and he said said, mate, that that broke me out, you know. You know, like your three kids coming in, and the losing purse was fifty k, mate. The winner was getting a mil, and the loser was getting fifty k. So it is all or nothing, basically, innit? it? And when the three kids come in, and he said, "No," he said, "You know what?" And he went, "I'm glad it happened like that." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Because they're just used to daddy winning all the time. I'm glad they got to see the other side of it. And you know, you can't always win in life, and that, and that'll stick with me forever. That
0: advice, mate, really well. So, I guess you've had you've had a bit of time off now." Yeah uh I mean you okay, know say that again. okay <laughs> is this the longest that you've uh you've you've not trained super hard
1: well you could say not super hard I've probably been in the gym maybe 15 times in the last six weeks which is just unheard of for me it's usually twice a day
0: yeah no, that's what I mean like in, yeah. all, in all the time I've known you I mean it's never just been the twice a day I mean you've maybe been in the gym twice a day plus the the yoga, the run, no. the—I mean, I mean everything. Everything yeah. you know, like a, a wild day for you, you know. A wild, wild weekend is having having a roast and a pint, isn't it? You know. Right. And yeah. I think it's been like that since, yeah. Well, well probably you know, fifteen plus years for you. Yeah. 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 Did you did you adjust to it, or did you start to get bored? And, no. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, nah, mate. I'm fucking loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like starving yourself for as long as I have, and wanting something as long as you have, and then getting it, and like, it, I'm really enjoying being free for a bit and uh, I know PFL keep ringing me about next season mate but pff, they can fuck yeah. off <laughs> <laughs> nah I'm only joking but it's it's just like having freedom now and being financially free and, and, and having the accolade as a world champion people look at you differently talk to you different everything's different now
0: but, but like we said at the beginning you don't feel it's taking your hunger in any way it's just, it's just pointing you now in a different direction to apply that hunger elsewhere
1: no of course like I'm always going to be a hard worker and, and you know I think I was just happy to get away from training for a bit after what I had to go through them last two years to get this belt and get this this money. It was just like, it was a dog's life, mate. It was, it was like, you know, you've been there, you, you've watched my relationship, you've watched, you've watched my health. I've sacrificed absolutely everything for this. Like, can you imagine going to bed with hunger pains at night? That's what I've been doing since I was 15 to get this. Like, people won't understand why I actually went through to get it. And like, now that it's done, like, even just to be able to have a beer when I want or go to a restaurant and I I eat anything on the menu. How how, how weird does that sound? But that's like a proper treat to me. And like the thought of going back to the slave life, I call it. (laughs) It's not what it is at the same time. It's like it's a 24 hours a day, seven day job. The thought of going back there, mate, it's a scary thing. It is because the silk sheets are out now, aren't they, Matt? What do you do then? (laughs)
0: You, you you mentioned you mentioned relationships and you yeah. say you know uh, you know it's put straight on my relationship yeah. and it's hurt, hurt lots of things i put a post on tiktok recently uh which is uh which which has been one of my most uh engaged posts for a okay. while where i where it was basically talking around i think the title was um if you get married you're fucking mad and it, oh god there <laughs> we go go on i love it no but 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 it was obviously just a catchy title to talk talk about the fact that Uh, I believe in business, that you can't be successful in business I either say have the right partner or have no partner, right. and, it, and it, it was it was very much talking about how you know I see so many businessmen or, or business ladies uh, who who are married and or or in a serious relationship with that where that person causes them so much distraction yeah. and and yeah. so and so much uh, like difficulties within the business, whether it's getting involved in things he shouldn't be getting involved in or just baffling the head so fucking much at home that by the time they get to work, uh, you know, they, they can't get anything done. And I mean, I was going to say. <laughs> what's it like in 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 professional sport obviously it's the same and 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 if if anything if anything it it must be much worse because because you've got you you can never really step back from the pressure at least in in business if you're on a bad day in the office you can take a walk around the block you know have a drink whatever you need to do but you know if you've just had a Barney with the Mrs you know an hour before the fight or you've you've got serious problems in your relationship you know for weeks leading up to the fight and how the fuck do you get that out of your head
1: well, I've always said a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. My coach always told me that. And when you're happy, you're dangerous. Because, um, well, I'll go back to what my mind coach told me as well. And you know, oh, I do want to get. I want to get some good clips of this for Bruce because he's really helped me in his camp. And he made me list ten things to what's Brendan's perfect fight camp look like. What needs to be in order for Brendan to be the best version of himself. So we wrote it down, and it was the usual. You know, no barnes with the misses. It was, you know. The diet's right it was are you getting eight hours of sleep it was you know the correct sparring partners the correct coaching the correct game plan i mean we, we listed it all down and it's the first time i've actually wrote it down in a camp like what makes brendan tick um but yeah i mean i've had barnies mate and and then just not slept not ate, not gone to sparring properly had my head punched in and like If everything is not in order when you're a fighter, I mean, I watched, honestly, mate, I've been in this game my whole life from 15 years old and I've just seen so many fighters just lose. Got all the talent and all the skill in the world, but they can't get it together outside the gym. I tell people that training's 10% of your day. What are you doing with the other nighter? A lot of them will just train. They'll be great in the gym. They'll leave. They'll eat a McDonald's burger. They'll they'll go and argue with the bird. Mm. Then they'll... Mate, everything else is out of order so touching on the point with what you're saying there for that last tournament mate when I say everything was in order like I had an alarm on my phone for when I was going to sleep I made sure I had X amount of litres a day I made sure I was meditating I was visioning the fight I was correct sparring I even brought southpaws in because the guy was a southpawer I ticked every single box so I knew once the cage door closed on that night, night that you know if I lost I couldn't have done any more could you imagine losing knowing that you could have done more and I thought I'll never ever live with myself so maybe that's where the supreme confidence come from on the night because it was supreme it wasn't just like could lose this there was absolutely no doubt and I think it was ticking all in boxes
0: it's very good. I interviewed a guy on, on this podcast recently, um, a completely different topic. He, he's an author who's who's interviewed okay. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of CEOs and founders of businesses. Right. Um, and obviously in that, he's had a whole mix of people from billionaires to multimillionaires to millionaires and, 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 and less. And I was asking him one of the... Uh, I was asking him, what uh kind of character traits do you do you see within the billionaires or you know what was setting the billionaires away from the millionaires and i guess maybe i'm trying to see a parallel here between like you know good fighters and like like the world world world-class fighters and he said the billionaires all have some sense of delusion And that, you know, they really believe that they can go and they can go and make, make those billions against any odds. You know, they can come up with an idea that no one else believes in that they've got to go and raise funds that everyone says is impossible to raise. And, but, but they don't think that what they're doing is a hard task. They think there's no way in the world that they will not that they yeah, will have anything that stops them from achieving that, and, it, and and for them it's like it's like a dead certainty. It was just making me think about that when you were just saying saying what you were saying there that you know you were going to win that fight. There was nothing that was going to stop you winning it.
1: Yeah, well, I was like I said, I was very nervous for the semi final because of the added pressure of everyone being there. But once I got past that pressure and I dealt with it and I had the performance that I did. It was that, it was the mind coach, it was the fact that the training camera worked. didn't it go perfect. Um, 11 days out before the final, I don't know if you know, I snapped my toe in half, my second toe along. And not only did I snap it, it was pointing at three <laughs> o'clock.
0: It just was facing that way. In my, training?
1: Yeah, my last bar, I kicked this guy, he blocked it with his elbow and it just
0: snapped my toe. Yeah, and then. It's, it's always the last one, though, isn't there? it? It was, it was the last one that, um, that you bust your knee. Do you know why the it's the last fight? one?
1: Because I cut so much weight for a fight that by the 10 days out, I'm. Very, very malnourished at that point, and all my bones go weak. Everything goes weak because, well, right now I'm probably about 78 kilo. I fight at 66, so by that point I'm probably 71, 72 kilo. My body's not designed to be anywhere near there, so it can't absorb the blows that it would like now. So, yeah, it kicked, it broke. And I just looked down at it, mate, and I just thought, fuck off. <laughs> Why now? And then a very funny story. You won't believe this. This is another mad thing. There was it, I was in a gym where, like, I, I didn't know after the fighters, obviously, because it's a very, you know, it's a big gym, and there was about 60 people on the mat that day when I did it. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, I can't have him find out about this. Because even, like, if you pin you on the fence and started standing on it, like, imagine, it's broken, it's going to work. So I thought, fuck. Bubba Jenkins then comes out with a post the next day on his Instagram. You can't write this bit. Put a video of me on training. Not in, not that session, but or, or in a fight and put a mad little meme song behind it. Did, 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 did one of them. And like, it was, the quote was, toe the line. <laughs> summit, summit, summit. I've gone, who the fuck has told him? I broke this toe. And I swore blind. I was looking at everyone in the gym, eyeing them up. And I swear <laughs> someone had told him. And when I went for dinner with him, three weeks after the fight, I said, I need to ask you something. Who told you? He went, no, he went, that's just the saying in America, told the line. He went, nobody told me anything. <laughs> and in my head, I was dead certain that someone had grasped me up in the gym. Yeah. And I was—I I, I even had a hit list. I had a short list of three guys. And I was like, it's definitely one of them. But I didn't even, I was like looking at him in the gym, like someone's DM'd him and said, Brendan's injured. Someone's been that vicious to do that. No one had said anything, mate. thats That just shows where your mind goes at, at them levels.
0: Well, look when i when i said we were doing this podcast on instagram i put a little post up to see if any, anyone had any questions okay, for you okay cool uh, and it's funny, i, I sometimes do it, do it with guests i've got on and i'll get a few questions but i've i've, I've had i've had more questions sent sent to you than i think i've oh, had God. from every, everybody put together every with, so it shows shows how much uh, i guess everyone's followed follows you and invested yeah. in this i've read some of these I, I don't i mean i don't even understand half of this stuff Let's have a laugh. it's um Mank twang, is it? I'm going to, I'm going to do these in uh, in the order that they came. And okay. if you don't want to answer anything, just Can tell there's me. There's a few there, isn't there? More, more than that. Serious? Yeah. You know We'd we'll have to do them all. You're
1: what I know me nowadays.
0: <laughs> let's start off with a fun one. It on. says, let's play Fuck, Marry, Kill. <laughs> I don't even know who these people are. Kyla Harrison, Paige Van Zant, Mrs. Dana White. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass that one. <laughs> <laughs> that is questionable. Uh, I'm going to save that one till last actually. How, um, how difficult have you found it making a life from fighting? I don't know. I, uh, I, I mean, understand that. I don't know what you mean making a life it's context after of fighting. Uh, or, but anyway, you answer how you think. Yeah, I
1: mean, very hard. I know exactly what they're saying. It's like only 1% of anyone that ever does this sport gets paid. Maybe even half a percent because even in the UFC, you know, you're making 10000 to turn up and 10000 to win. $20,000, pay your tax, pay your manager, pay your coach. What are you coming out with? Three, four grand? What if you've got kids? Do you know what I mean? Like, so, again, I, I know exactly what they're saying there. So, yeah, it's been
0: very difficult, but I'm very thankful to PFL for changing my life. But I think what people don't appreciate as well, though, is that that's the same at the top of every game. Yeah. You know, and, and pe- people always see, you know, the ones at the top of the game or well, yeah. the ones doing very well, and think, well, I want to do that because I want that money, whether it's fighting, yeah, football, exactly. acting, business, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, you know, what, what what whatever game you're doing, you know, the people at the best have put in years and years and years of graft and years and years and years of sacrifice. Excellent. And Okay, there's always, you know, there's always a lucky person in business, like there's a particularly talented footballer who's probably trained less than everybody it's else like or maybe a fight who gets, But you know, they're, they're the freaks. They're they really all, the lottery winners in anything, aren't they? But you know, the, the reality is, you know, to make a life out of anything is a tough gig. True. Tell him to call out Paddy the pussy. He was laughing at Brendan to Dana White. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've ironed that one out. <laughs> uh, someone says, "What's going through you? What was going through your mind when Bubba hit you clean on the nose?" Uh, not for me. I was loving it. I was that in the moment. I, mean, right? I was going to say you. You, you, you probably he probably it. hits you on the nose so many times. It's just it just uh, goes unnoticeable, doesn't yeah. it? Well, this is an interesting one. Is twenty four too late to start MMA with no martial arts background?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I mean. It's going to be very difficult from that age. You know, I was 15, 16, um, and I know guys that are 21 that have had 40 fights now. Um, I'm with Makayev. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult. Nothing's impossible. Obviously, you get anomalies in anything, but it's going
0: to be difficult. Treadmill, road, or track? What's your favourite track? Yeah that was quick <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite i hate it but it's the best i like the treadmill because it, at least it keeps me going when i can't be asking yeah. well, when, you're, when you're road running or you know oh. jogging on the street i just think oh, i'll have a little walk now but at least when the treadmill's ticking over True. it, it True. Stops, stops me doing it you you're probably a bit more disciplined says, is darren till still insane off camera <clears throat> and where does he rank among the strikers that you've sparred
1: oh good question um no, he's not very insane. No, he's just one of the boys. He's, you know, he's a family man. He's got four kids. He's, he's, he's a great lad. Um, in terms of guys that I sparred, Darren's probably one of the most talented fighters I've ever seen in, uh, in this game. And we're going back to Thailand together in a, in a couple of days. And I'm, I'm looking forward to being there
0: with him. And the one I'm the one I've saved till last because it's something we've been talking about. Yeah. Says, I'll say their words. Are you investing now? What with fighting being such a short career.
1: Well, yeah, that's what we're talking about yeah. now, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, um, made some good investments. Made some good investments. Just bought a property here. You know, investing some of yourself, moving the money around, and I think I feel like I've got good people around me. I mean, if I'd have earned this money and not known people like yourselves and been in Manchester, I think it would have been a lot more difficult. But I feel like being in Dubai, you're around successful, motivated, hungry people that have been there where you are, and they know how to help you in this position. So i feel like the circle that i'm in is a very positive one and i think that even though it's a mill i think it can be turned over quite well with the information that i'm getting
0: well i think the the, the thing i'll say on this is i feel i can finally chip in on something because you know hosting a fighting yeah. conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't really my forte but you know what we've talked about and i think you know what applies to it you know to anyone uh you know from sport or who gets a lump outside the money and you know, a lump of money outside their the core business like i was saying to you is you the two main things are protecting the capital and generating income. And, you know, everybody, you know, gets a lump of money. I mean, everyone gets a lump of money, but anyone who gets a lump of money, it's always like, right, I've got to go and stick 200 grand into Bitcoin. I've got to go and put 500 grand into this scheme. And it's all yeah, either Ponzi's or just insane levels of risk that that are, yeah, very, yeah. that are very inappropriate and you know a million's a lot of money and it's also not a lot of yep. money yep. when you say you're you know you're 30 34 30, yep. 33 years old and and you and you've got to get through the rest of your rest exactly. of your life with it and what's you know so first of all you've got to make sure you don't lose it and secondly uh you know just people people really I guess, underestimate the power of the income uh and i think you know what what we talked about with you you know especially still having another couple of years fighting in you is you know about not doing anything stupid with that money you know to 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 protect it and get a nice level of return you're not looking for doubling it next year or you know tripling it up with you know with with some crazy bitcoin or or or, or crypto that could make it go to nothing but go and get uh seven eight nine ten eleven percent return off that you know get get 50 80 100 grand a year nice solid income that where you know your capital is protected and where it's paying all your bills it's taking all the pressure off you because i mean ultimately that's what having money is about you know re- reducing pressure exactly. providing freedom and then allowing you the the flexibility to you know to go back to fight and you know, then, then try and earn another big lump of money yeah. because yeah. again you know your skill and it's not doing you and just disrespect your skill is not making it yeah. is not making money from finance your skill is making money from totally. fighting so you know the big mistake you know people are typically in your position make is to go out and do wild shit with the money buy it's, 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 well, either buy ferraris or invest it in stuff that they just don't understand yeah. or let people yeah. who shouldn't be anywhere near the exactly. money do it and go and, you know, and, and just go and nail a lot. You know, you can be in a fantastic position now, house paid for, yeah. you know, nice income coming in and giving you the, fre- the, the head space to go and, to go and earn another mill next exactly. year, another couple of over the next few years. And all of a sudden, you know, in another two years time, the difference between having a mill and say t- having four mill is night and day, black and white. And then well, they it, say it, it's
1: a- easy from here, Matt, is it true? once you get the first one
0: well you know i'd i'd say listen it's definitely easier because yeah. ultimately it's it's, it's it's not about the the money it's about the compounding uh, you know the compounding of knowledge the compounding yeah. of information <laughs> or the compounding of what you've already got and i guess you you can probably find an analogy, an analogy to that yourself in fighting that i don't know you know getting getting your first punch is the hardest yeah. Yeah. or taking your first yeah. punches is the like hardest anything, and, yeah. and as, t- as time goes on you know you get more immune to that or or once you've yeah, you know, I don't know when you've run your first mile. You know, the second, third, fourth, yeah, fifth are easier b- 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 because you have got the basics. And ultimately, you know, growth and success in anything is just you know, it's it's not one quick big hit. It's 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 the compounding of the little things yeah. time and time again. So yeah, you know, when I know, you know, when I lost all my money, let's say in two thousand and eight. You know, I I, I was never. I'm not going to say i was never worried about losing it but i was kind of relaxed when i came out of it out of it because i knew everything i'd already done to make it the first time around yeah, yeah. and i can go and make it again you know a lot quicker because i can sidestep all the mistakes yeah, you know it's like yeah, you, know, I don't, you, you know you've taken your foot off the pedal now from the training but when you start again You've already got the underlying level of conditioning in your body. Always. You already know the the things that work good for you yep. and don't yep. don't work good for you. So you know you can you can probably take three, four, five, six months off or running running slowly, and then go and in a month be back in the shape of exactly. your life again. Exactly. You know, I think you know. I mean, there's always always analogies between sport and business, but I think you know the, the, these are the, these are very pertinent for now.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, touching on what you're saying there, like I actually think that this this time now I've really valued and appreciated it because anything I was dealing with like emotionally financially or <clears throat> anything had to go to the back burner from January so I feel like it was an emotional like complete release once the fight had done and I dropped to my knees and I was crying mate because <clears throat> it wasn't so much the money on the belt it was like thank god that. Well, it's pre- just that
0: release of emotion isn't it it's like
1: that weight of I am a world champion now I have got it but Furthermore more than that, like, the expectation that was on me to win it and the the pressure and all that was just, like, lifted. I literally fell to the floor because I was like, thank God. And, like, this six weeks that I've had now. Been having conversations with yourself, with Scott, sit networking, meeting with people, and I've enjoyed it because I've not had to think, well, what time am we in the gym? You know, that always came first. And now it was, it was good to debrief and meet you guys, invest some, buy the property, really go around and look at properties and enjoy they and like, I've got a gym in an hour. That was always the, the first thing. So now that that's out of the way and I've just said, I've got the property now, moving the money around and now it's time to, you know, the days are coming, I can see them ticking towards the next fight and I'll be on the plains of Thailand, you know, as soon as I get the keys for this and it's back to the grind. It's scary, scaring the life out of me thinking of it. but ultimately I love it and that is where
0: the lumps come from and the lumps are going to be important down the line. I mean, do you have one specific goal for 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 what's going to happen in the next year or two of your career? I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, Money aside, you know, win, winning that title for the PFL. I mean, it, it was quite a. I don't. know What's the word? You know, I mean, quite a, an individual and unique goal, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, uh, you know, are there any individual fights you want to have that are, that are particular targets? You know, any particular mm. opponents? I mean, what, what's what's the next level of of up the ladder of success for you?
1: Well, again, we're six weeks on. I've not, I've not really got to that bit yet because of the whirlwind that I've been in and enjoying life and freedom. Um, now, it's, the pen and paper's out now. The mind coach is back on the Zoom and it's what's next because, um, and another good friend of mine bugs him alone. I've,
0: I spent quite a lot of time with him over the last few days. He I actually- remember, I was, <laughs> I don't know him, but he's friends with, well, he's friends with my accountant. And uh, I was on a boat in Monaco and uh, he was, he was in a hot tub. So I went, I got, I went and got into the hot tub with him and said, oh, so your, your, your accountants, um, my accountant. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Random. Anyway, very random, but sorry.
1: He, he <laughs> actually gave me the best advice I've ever had in my life. When anyone says, what's the best advice you ever had? He gave me this about four years ago. And he said, no, actually probably about, probably a bit more than that. But he said, get that good at your craft that people have to pay a fortune for, to see it and that was the the one that stuck with me the most because back then i was probably earning five grand a fight and then when i seen him the other day and we were chatting about it i said fucking hell that stuck with me and then he also said to me his other bit of advice what really stuck with me was you're doing all this hard work all day but you're not manifesting anything you're not you got nothing written down that you actually want you've what do you actually want? And I didn't know. From that moment, I printed off pictures of the belts. I changed it to the screensaver on my phone. I posted that belt and the check all around my house. It was everywhere. And I started manifesting from that moment. Then when I seen him the other day, I was chatting again. He went, he went, you're at a scary point now. Now you're at the transition. Now you're there where the first bit I told you, now it's time to go to the next level. And But it's not an easy transition. You're going to go through a lot of hardships now. So I feel like he's guiding me because he's been there, you know. You're talking about a guy that writ a lyric. When he was 16, that said, Tell Guy Richie doesn't have to pay me. Because Snatch is my all-time favourite gangster movie. He manifested being in a Guy Richie film from 16, mate, right? selling weed on the estate. Come on, mate. Like it's just out of this world what he's done. So me, he's guiding me in the right direction. And, you know, being with him the other day was like, fucking hell. And you know, I'm going for dinner again tonight. I'm just trying to be around people like yourselves and trying to move to the next level now because yeah, I'm a world champion now, and yeah, the but what's next? I'm ready for this, something scary. It needs to be something fucking hell. That one took me 16 years. So give me something else that's going to take that long because it is the pleasure in the pursuit, as they say, because once you do reach it, it's an empty feeling. It is. Now it's time for the next one. The pen and paper's out. And when
0: I get them, you know, I'll let you know what they are. Well, listen. Whatever the next step is, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll be there to watch it. Yeah. And uh, it's been an exciting journey in the couple of years I've known you, and I'm uh, looking forward to the next couple of years ahead. So, thanks again for being here, buddy. Um, looking, go, for, looking forward to round number three. Yes, let's go. <laughs> round number three podcast. What it is to, it's, to be it's been a billionaire
1: clear. podcast, <laughs> there, free,
0: hopefully. <laughs> guys. I hope you've enjoyed listening to that. Um, I know I always always love talking to yeah. Brendan, both on and off camera. As always, uh, if you've listened to this on the audio version, you can go over to YouTube and check out the videos there. If you're watching this as a video, you can always get rid of my face and listen to the audio on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And make sure you like, subscribe, and follow me on all things social. I'm The Matt Haycox. That's T-H-E-M-A-T-T-H-A-Y-C-O-X. And I'll see you in a future episode of The Matt Haycox Show.